Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Care Patrol of Connecticut in New York is your number one partner for securing safe senior living options and navigating the senior care continuum. Their services are at no cost to you, and they guide you through the entire process. Visit www.carepatrolct.com for details. And welcome back to the show. Well, I guess the phrase only in Bridgeport is something that is used by a lot of people. But when I hear it, I think it's almost been trademarked by our next guest, Lenny Grimaldi. His blog, Only in Bridgeport, is a must read for anybody who cares about what's happening to our fair city, which is still the largest city, I believe, in the state of Connecticut. How do we define large, Lenny? By population, well, some, it's by the most geography? Populous, uh, community in Connecticut. It's almost 150,000. Wow. It's okay. actually the population is growing it's not listening okay and so if uh, so how do you describe bridgeport if i if i came to the planet and sunk down right here and i said lenny tell me about bridgeport what would you tell me i'd say it's a um you know tough old factory town that's trying to find a new identity great location uh along the waterfront um proximity to new york boston transportation nexus is is outstanding um, but, you know, I think there's also a lot of positive things that are teed up for Bridgeport right now. You do? Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I've been a, you know, an observer or a journalist or even part of the political process in Bridgeport for over 40 years. So uh, it's a much different place than when I was a young reporter in the 1970s when I was working for the then Bridgeport Post-Telegram. You know it today as, as the Connecticut Post. But you look around, you look at the amphitheater and you look at various neighborhoods and there's significant developments going on, um, new housing units. And that's always the balance, right? The balance between affordable housing and luxury housing. Right. Because you just can't have affordable. Mm-hmm. You need luxury higher end to support the businesses and the restaurants. Sure. And so um, to some degree, Bridgeport's still try- finding its way. But what I also see is it's really become a destination for music and entertainment, you know, led by the amphitheater. Um, and so, and, any, and the Bijou is there. And the Bijou Theater, uh, yeah, Park City Music Hall, right? Uh, downtown Cabaret Theater, right? Sound Down Sound, which is coming. You Sound Down Sound is going to be John huge Mayer. for Bridgeport. Yeah, so it's going to be huge. Of, James Taylor, James Taylor at uh, you know Rod Stewart at the Amp, right? So you've got the Amp, 
that's bringing in hundreds of thousands of people, suburban spenders. Yeah. And that's really important because suburbs have skin in the game when it comes to Bridgeport. So let's talk about this. We're chatting with Leonard Grinaldi. I want to get right to it. And Wayne Winston joins us at 1130 on Wednesday. I bet he would. I I bet we should continue the conversation with him. But there seems to be when you talk about housing. So this word gentrification has gotten a very bad rap. It's sort of a pejorative word. And what it really means is very often the displacing of poor people with a neighborhood that's perceived to be safer and more trendy and hip and immediately gets more expensive and more white. And so that side of it makes a neighborhood more attractive to businesses because they feel safer. There's more tax revenue from the people that start start living there. But they displace the people that used to be there that very often say, well, what about us? I don't understand. We We lived here through all the bad times. Now it's good times, but we can't afford to live here. I think that that is the crux of a lot of what goes on in changing Bridgeport neighborhoods. Well, let's look. Let's look at the Steel Point. Let's look at the development area. Yeah. Okay. When I was a young reporter, it was crime infested, and, and the murder rate was huge. So you're talking about the murder rate in Bridgeport because of the crack cocaine epidemic of the late seventies. Um, I mean, late eighties and so on, mid eighties. Um, you had 60 murders a week. Come on. I'm, I'm sorry, 60 murders a year. I apologize. Uh, you know, one a week. And so now it's, you know, and it was, you had the drug gang rivals and the crack epidemic. So you had a murder a week. And, and that was tough. The inner cities were war zones. Um, neighborhoods are much safer today. Yeah, they you're, are. You know, you're talking, you know, 15 homicides a year, maybe 20 homicides versus back then it was 60 and maybe even 70. Steel Point redevelopment area, well, that's, that's kind of the, the argument of urban renewal mm-hmm. and displacing people. Right. I know. We've had a lot of conversations about and it here. I tell people, you want it to be the way it was? Do you like it then? Because I covered it. I knocked on those doors. You know, I was, I was a police reporter. You know, I, I read a lot about shootings and deaths as a young reporter. And it was awful. And now it's cleaned up. Now, it's not perfect. It's never going to be. There's no perfection in life in this, in this world. Um, but what you see there now, um, finally they got clearance to, for the housing phase of Steel Point. The state cleared them. Um, so, but you've got the nucleus there, you know, the Bass Pro Shops and, and, and the One of the criticisms of Steel Point in particular, though, is that it's luxury high-rise rentals, I'm told, not condos, at least not yet. I'm not seeing that in the proposal. So there really isn't a way to build generational wealth. If there were condos, one could argue that some of the money that the state of Connecticut is siphoning off to help people with down payments, that that might be an ideal place to start helping people own some of their own homes. Uh, at Steel Point, who have been people who have loved Bridgeport and wanted to stay in their neighborhood. So one of the arguments I'm hearing against Steel Point as currently proposed is that it's all rentals. Well, it's, you know, and what's the pricing going to be on it, too? Well, yeah. You know, what's the pricing going to be on it? It's going to be expensive. Yeah. Yeah. And that means people who are going to be renting there or living there, they have a lot of discretionary income to spend in Bridgeport. That's right. That's the flip side of it. That is. That's exactly right. And They'll be able to patronize the restaurants and mm -hmm. all of that and the theater. So it's, you do need to have a balance. I believe Bridgeport 
Right now, 20 to 22% of it is quote unquote affordable, whatever that means, okay. whatever that formula whatever is. Whatever that means, right. And, you know, the cities have had the burden of, you know, with, with affordable housing where the suburbs are. And there's arguments to go on both sides. But you need a balance. And I think you're starting to see that balance. There's, you know, there's affordable housing units that are being built. There are high end that's being built. You've got, you've got like right now, you know, a thousand units that are, either have started or are on the horizon for downtown Bridgeport. But they're all rental or mostly rental, right? Yeah. So how yeah. does that build wealth? Well, people who can afford it want to come here. No, but how does that build wealth for the people that are renting? Well, I think there's, that's the choice they got to make. I mean, that's, you know, that. I mean, that, I would rather see diversity of housing options for people. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm saying. Well, yeah, but you also, let's look at the strength of, one of the strengths of Bridgeport is its neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. North End, Black Rock, yep. Upper East Side. I know. You know, and a lot of home ownership there. So what a lot about of two, the, three, a lot of two, three family, family homes. homes? They're great. So there, there's, there's a mix, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the city and, you know, I've, you know, part of my love for for Bridgeport is its diversity and and the neighborhoods, and that was part of my attraction. You know, as a young reporter, its diversity. I loved it. Um, it's industrial history. Um, I went to a great Turkish restaurant there last week, Bereket Bereshe, something. And, that, and you, you talk about restaurants. If you look downtown, so I was a young reporter. Yeah, you had the Ocean Sea Grill, mm. which was nice. It was it was nice, and you had a couple other places that came and went. But now you've got you know Ralph and Riches and Joseph Steakhouse and um, Markle Court, uh, Markle Twenty Nine. You know that street's named after the legendary Tiny Markle, you know who sat behind that microphone for a number of years. And but Markle Court is an upscale restaurant in the so city. So is the Boca one yeah, at the Boca, Steel Point, Boca, right? Boca in the city on Fairfield Avenue. That's another one. Mm-hmm. That's a fabulous lounge. So you're getting some more upscale um, restaurants with suburban diners that are coming in here, and Bridgeport people too. What do you think, Lenny Grimaldi? Lenny Grimaldi writes the blog only in Bridgeport. Lenny, what do you think about the? Uh, I think it's 155 or something units that was that they claim that they're building as of right in the North End. Um, you know which one I'm talking about, right? Where? Oh, I mean the old, the old uh, Testo's restaurant location. That's it. Thank you. Yeah, it's it, it's it's zoned for it, and so yeah, that's it's it's a bit of a battle up there. You know, people don't like that that density, um, and um, you know, understandable. Uh, it's really the question is, you know, what's going to go there? And the architect of that site is John Geddes, um, who's building a lot of housing in downtown Bridgeport. John Geddes is he's he is um, the developer behind transforming the old Holiday Inn into housing units. Um, and that's one of his projects there. But it's zoned for it. And what's, what can be done at this point, I don't really know. Are you sensing any kind of movement? Because the politicians we've had on our show are very unhappy about it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you have, you know, former state rep and two-time mayoral candidate, you know, Chris Caruso, who's, you know, you know Chris, you know, loves the city. And he's Does. very vocal about what he sees going on in this in, in that neighborhood, and so yeah, there that's that's a thorny issue for any politician to want to handle, um, you know. So you I think get, it's going to come up in the mayoral campaign? Sure, 
What what doesn't? Well, I'll be interested everything's in your like, thoughts every, you about know, when this. It comes, everything's on the table. <laughs> We're talking with Lenny Grimaldi only in Bridgeport. We're going to be right back. We're talking Bridgeport, and nobody knows Bridgeport better than Lenny Grimaldi sitting with us in studio. His blog, Only in Bridgeport, is a must-read to keep up on the happenings in Bridgeport. He's been a journalist in the area for, did you say, Lenny, 40 years? Giving my age away. Oh, you are. Yeah. 203-333-9422. If you want to be part of this conversation, you can call me at 203-333-9422. So, Lenny, at last count, and I could be wrong, I've counted four credible candidates throwing their hat in the ring for mayor. There's the incumbent mayor, Mayor Joe Gannam. There is John Gomes. There is Marilyn Moore, State Senator Marilyn Moore, and Lamont Daniels, who works for Norwalk but lives in Bridgeport. We forgot you. Yeah, ha ha. <laughs> very, very ha ha. Um, so who am I missing? Who am I missing? Right now, that's it. So that's got, it, right? Right I now. got him? Yeah. Okay. We've gotten to know, well, Mayor Ganim has been on our show here and there over the years, uh, for sure. Uh, we are, we had Lamont Daniels on recently, very, very lovely man. And the other two I have not had on to talk to about this race. So if you were a handicapper, and I know that it's early, but if you're a handicapper, handicap for me the process between now and whether or not there will be a primary and who might make it to a primary. Great question. You handicap the race, um, advantage Joe Gannon. Okay. Um, I always say campaigns are about dear old mom, money, organization, and message. Oh, I like that. Okay. It's dear old, bring your old dear old mom onto the uh, campaign uh, trail with you. It's very, very important. Okay. So he's well financed. Um, you've got... Significant development projects in just about every neighborhood that he can tout. Um, no tax increase last year, no tax increase this year. Balanced budgets. Um, and, you know, when you're incumbent, you can make things happen. Now, it's it's not a layup. It's not a lock for him because primaries are strange. And he had a scare. He had a scare in 2019 by Marilyn Moore. Oh, it was yeah. actually Marilyn's to, to lose, and she lost it. And he, that kicked him in the pants, though. But she lost it, let's be fair, not at the ballot box, but after the absentee ballots were counted. Right. But, and Bridgeport has been accused yeah. as being a place where ballots are harvested from senior facilities. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and everybody plays that game. Everybody right? does? Everybody plays that okay. game. It's just not, it's not one camp. But... An absentee ballot vote counts just as much. Yes, it does. It counts just as 100%. much. 100%. And Marilyn Moore in 2020, she benefited from a lot of absentee ballots. Okay. All right? When her state senate race. Okay. State senate primary. So, you know, it cuts both ways. It's a two-year term. Mayor's four years. Oh, it is four years. So you said 2020. Oh, you were referring a, to her senate. That her senate. Her, yeah, Got it. Her senate re-election. Got it. Okay. But mayor is, is a four-year term. Getting back to all the candidates. Yes. You know, it's... Primaries are, are, are strange ducks. They're screwy rabbits, you know, as I like to say. And so it's not a given who's going to walk away with this thing. But you're only three months away. I know. July, August, September. September. So now it's time for all the camps to gear up. Mm-hmm. And you've, you've got the new guy, Lamont Daniels, who worked yeah. for, for Finch, got State Senator Merrill Moore, who's coming out of the legislative session. So, yes. you know, she's been locked down in session. She has, of course. Right? Busy and so with other now things. the session's going to end. Yep. And she can move more in earnest to try to raise money, get her message out. And you got John John Gomes. Yeah, tell us about him because he's I he I'm hearing or seeing a lot of endorsements for him as well. So John Gomes was um, supported Mayor Joe Ganim's return to the mayoralty in twenty fifteen. Mm-hmm. He was brought in 
as uh, an assistant chief administrative officer. Okay. He lasted about six and a half, seven years. He had a falling out with the mayor. Uh, he left the administration, and now he's running. And John ran for mayor in, in 2011 and dropped out to support Mary Jane Foster for mayor against yes. Bill Finch in the primary. I remember that. But he has really surprised people by his fundraising prowess. You know, he is what I call overperformed on the fundraising side. And Who's the money coming from? He's bringing a lot of new people to the table. Um, he, um, you know, John is a, um, John Gomes, you know, he's a language savant. He speaks six languages. That's very cool. And so he can go into Latino communities. He can go to the Portuguese community. I love that. He can go into the Cape Verdean community. So he's got, a, he's got a good story to tell, John does. And he's getting out there. So I think what John has done, I look at his campaign finance reports, he's brought like new money to the table, um, you know, from the Cape Verdean community, some in the Portuguese community, um, and uh, Brazilian community. Right. So um, and that and that's key. There are so a lot getting, of know, Portuguese speakers in Bridgeport. Yeah. Tremendous. And he can go into the neighborhoods. I think the question is, we're coming up on a key filing deadline at the end of this month. Second quarter filing. OK. Right. So that's going to be April, May and June. Who's hitting a wall on, on the fundraising side? Is, is John continuing to raise money at a, at a rapid level that will keep him in the game? Same How for, much money does somebody have to raise, do you think, for this campaign? Well, so, Ganem's going to probably have 400000 to spend. Okay. Um, you know, you need to compete really kind of close to 200. 200. That's the number? It, it, that's kind of the number to compete. You know, look, looking at going to school on history. Okay. Uh, Lamont Daniels, um, the first quarter, he did, he, he surprised. He did okay. You know, he raised. Um, yeah, actually has outraised Marilyn Moore. Is that right? She's lagging. But she has huge name recognition and ability to get votes. She has name recognition in the 22nd senatorial, not the 23rd. Oh. She covers a third of Bridgeport. Okay. Okay. Heron Gaston has two-thirds of the city as a state senator. Marilyn has a third. So Marilyn has the North End, West Side, Black Rock. Okay. So she has about a third. Okay. And yes, as a state senator, you know, you can't discount discount a state senate base right that's important of course all right the question is does it translate into uh you know we like some people like you as a state senator but not so as a mayor you know it's interesting you should say that we're going to get to the phones in just a moment if you're on the phone stay on hold but um it's interesting you should say that because jonathan steinberg gets a tremendous amount of support as a state rep in westport i mean he wins handily uh by huge margins but when he ran for first selectman, and remember, it's an off year. You talk about the primary. It's a different voter. It's a different voter in the off year for a yep. municipal. Uh, and it tends to be a very sort of savant, religious voter in the sense of not religious, Christian, or Jewish, but somebody who really pays attention to local issues and makes sure they vote no matter what. They're not just voting on the even years, the presidential years. And he lost by 60-something votes. I mean, when you— And people like him as state yeah. rep. When you're an opponent facing an incumbent, you always have to raise or make make the claim why you should f- fire the, the incumbent. Mm. You've got to make you know, that line in the sand. But it is a third term. Third terms are harder to win, Lenny. It's Sometimes a, the public just says, you've done it enough. We're done. Oh, yeah. That, that, that can happen. Um, but also, you also have to have a message of why you're better. Okay. Why hire me for four years and fire this guy? You have to make that declaration and make it stick. A lot of candidates, 
they get in and they don't have a message. They have a rationale for running is the jump point for everything you do. And a lot of candidates don't have a rationale for running. Um, you know, saying I love the city is not a rationale. Mm-hmm. They you will know, say that, in other they, words. But that's not, that's not something that's going to stick. Okay. You know, something that's stick is I want to put Bridgeport back to work, and here's how I'm going to do it. I see. All right? And that, that's a rationale for running versus I love the city or when you need change. All right, change for what? What's the change going to be? Because voters are going to say, why should I sh- switch horses? Hmm. You know, they're seeing progress in Bridgeport. All right, that doesn't mean Ganem's a lock because it's a you know something strange could happen to change the course of this race. But the candidates have to build the enthusiasm. Okay, the, let's go to the phones. Yeah. Al from Bridgeport, thanks for holding. Al, hi. hi. I'm a senior citizen and I'm wearing my oximeter now. I have AFib, so my heart's doing flip flops. Pulse rate is down to 49 and going all over the place. So I read five newspapers a day, and I got one question for your guest. Now, I don't know if it's the correct name, but I'm going to call it the PP program from uh, the president. Now, I don't know if this is true or false, so I'd like to know. They said Bridgeport got $100 million from this program. Oh, the paycheck protect, the one from COVID? Oh, is yeah. that the one well, you're talking well, about? Well, it was one of them, but I heard it's $100 million. So I read, and the only thing I got good from new, uh, from Trump was... If it's fake news, you know, because you got a lot of numbers. Now, the second thing I, I read, because I read five newspapers, and they said that the lawyers are getting this money. And it was just one sentence instead of like a page on this. Now, Ganem, I know he's got four, uh, no, five law offices. I was talking to a cop. He might have six. So the Ganem family is very big on law. And is some of this money going to the Ganem family, and how could we find out from freedom from information? Because $100 million going to people, and instead of going to small mom-and-pop places, because I listened to your, I think last week, lawyers get $350 an hour, and you said the closer you get to Greenwich, I think, was it 800 or yes, 900 it is. I'm not making it up. It is. Uh, okay, so, so I'm saying, like I say, that's a value. But the two questions, right? Are the lawyers getting in? Who's getting it? And is it about a hundred million, or is there more money involved? The answer to your question Thanks, about Sal. Go ahead. hundred million. So that's part of the American Rescue Plan, all right. And the city got approximately that, and some of it goes to schools, and some of it goes to infrastructure. Re- regarding the law firm, all the mayor's brothers are lawyers. The mayor's th- currently doesn't even have his law license. So all of his brothers are lawyers. They're on buses everywhere. They they have their (laughs) own firms. They're not not together. No, they're not. They They, each have separate law firms. They compete against each other. Right? So that money's not going. It'd be fun to be around that Christmas table. Yeah. yeah, That's quite a negotiation. I've I've had that every now and then. Yeah. (laughs) But it's uh, that money is the American Rescue Plan. Yeah, so that's not going, just to, to put a fine point on it, Al was worried that some of that money was being somehow directed by the Ganem administration to his own brothers. No. Have you seen any evidence no. of that? No. Okay, that's good. Uh, let's go to Terry from Bridgeport. Terry, you're on the air with Lenny Grimaldi. Hi, Terry. Hi. I've lived in Bridgeport 24 years. I live in Success Village. Those co-ops were built in 1942. I pay $2,000 a year for something I own a 99-year lease to. I have four and a half little rooms. 
Each room is pretty much 12 by 12, except the bathroom. And, you know, how hard is it to get a grant for these places? It's nuts. You know, I guarantee for four rooms, nobody else pays $2,000. Do you think it's too high or too low, Terry? Oh, way too high. Way too high. Let's hear what Lenny has to say. Lenny, tell me about Success Village. Yeah, it, it, it's a key area of the Upper East Side of Bridgeport. Okay. And uh, Is it a series of apartments? What is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And it's a complex. A complex, yeah. okay. And uh, one of the city council members who represents that area is Maria Pereira. Oh, Maria. Yes, okay, Mar- she's been on a show a Maria lot. Maria Pereira's district. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, again, I heard I heard 2000 a year. I'm 2000 a year. I'm going, wow, that's not much at all. Right. Right? Terry but for thinks her, it's she a might, lot. But, but Terry may be in a fixed income. Right. And it's a lot of money. Right. And so, you know. And if it's a 99-year lease, why is she paying real estate taxes? That is a curious thing. Is she renting or not renting? What well, is that about? Yeah, I, yeah, I'm not sure if that's... I'm not sure if... That's her rent, or what she's paying in taxes. Wasn't sure what. what Terry, what that was what's about. the two thousand a year? That is what our property taxes okay. are when we do our income taxes. Okay, so then even okay. though you're that is incorporated every month into our common charges. Got it. Right, ah, gotcha. I see. Okay. All right, thank All right. you, Terry. Thanks All for right. clarifying. Yeah, well, two thousand a year. It might be a lot as a percentage of your own income, but Bridgeport has one of the highest mill rates in the entire state of Connecticut. Their real estate taxes, generally speaking, are through the roof. Lenny, have any of the candidates, has Mayor Ganim himself addressed that? Um, so the tax rate um, is about the same when Ganim returned to the mayoralty. When Ganim returned to the mayoralty in it's 2015. It's a while ago now, six, seven years so ago. So tax rate's about the same. It is. Okay. Yeah, it hasn't changed much. So when he got in, there was a reval mm-hmm. that you know caused a dust storm, particularly in Black Rock. Yeah. Because Cause the, that got all the burden to yeah. the 2016 revaluation, right? But since that time, it's been stable. And, and so Bridgeport, yeah. so Bridgeport's mill rate is about uh, about 43 mills. It's so much higher than other places as right, a mill but, rate. But Hartford's higher, Waterbury's higher. It's a lot. The Bridgeport's not. So it's yeah, is it a top ten? Yeah, but yeah. it's not the highest. Okay. Right. Do you think that? Uh, thank you very much, Terry, for the call. Do you think that um, that Mayor Ganim is going to be vulnerable to charges of anything in connection with the revelations by Brian Lockhart about all of the buying and selling of real estate on a personal basis in Bridgeport? No, because he's investing in his community. What's wrong with that? He, why can't the mayor invest in his own town? And I, I talked to a lot of people who saw that as a positive thing. Interesting. Because he bought it low, fixed it up, and sold it high. Right? What's wrong with that? So what? I mean, you go to Loretti, Mark Loretti and Shelton, he's one of the biggest land barons in Connecticut. Is he? Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yes. Yeah, Loretti has all kinds of property in Shelton. I mean, Shelton's a great place to invest. The mill rate's low, right? And so Gannon bought a house low in Black Rock, fixed it up, tutor. The neighbor said he's put a lot of work in it and making the home values in that neighborhood even higher. So I, to me, it's it's a nothing story. Okay. Glenn, Lenny Grimaldi here with Only in Bridgeport. Stick around, Lenny. Wayne Winston's going to join yes. us. 203-333-9422. We'll be right back. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And we're talking Bridgeport. Wayne Winston, hello, welcome. Hey, how you doing? Good. And okay. Lenny Grimaldi is still here from Only in Bridgeport. We're going to keep at the calls for a little while longer. 203 203- Three 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 nine four two two. You can call me at two zero three 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 nine four two two. Lenny Grimaldi writes the blog only in Bridgeport. Does that come out every day? Multiple times a day. Multiple times a day with different blog yeah, posts I gotta, I gotta all go the time. Right for my peeps. Yeah, yeah, you definitely do. <laughs> totally. All right, Linda from Bridgeport. You have the floor, Linda. What's on your mind? Hello, Linda. Are you there? Yeah. Hi, I'm Linda. Here. Hi. What's on your um, mind? Hi. Well, it's it's this mayoral race that um, is there any way Ganem can seriously be beat this year? Can uh, he be defeated? Lenny, Lenny, I'll let you take that one. Go ahead, well, Lenny. I mean, as I'll I pointed out, I think, I think it's his to lose, but can he be beat? Yeah. It really depends, you know, the kind of race that the opponents wage. Are they well-financed? Do they have that mom thing? Money, organization, and message. And, and Brother Wayne over here knows all about that. He's been, in, he's been through the battles. All right, know, so himself, Wayne, so. do you think that Ganem can be beat? Linda, stay on the line. I want to hear your thoughts. Wayne, um, what do you okay. think? All right. You know, I think, um, no question, there is, there are some things that uh, in Bridgeport that there are people feel feel some kind of way. They feel like they're paying too, too much in taxes. I mean, we don't have a strong tax base. I mean, um, our businesses, basically, we're funding Stratford and Trumbull. I mean, we can't even buy a television in Bridgeport. You know, What job, do you mean by that? Uh, there's no big box stores in Bridgeport. Oh, well, so, okay. So, you know, those are signed documents that, you know, you get paid. You know, paying into that tax structure lowers taxes. So uh, we have one restaurant that's branded and that's red lobster i mean so when we spend our money we have families that come out you know you don't want to do a diner beyond testos you have to go stratford or milford which most people go so it's the connecticut it's the bridgeport base that is fueling trumbull that is fueling milford and um it's unfortunate we often have those discussions and um it will take you know someone really looking at that and saying how do we bring job creation into this town because there's very little job creation. That's a big thing in our communities. Do you agree with that, Lenny? Uh, to a point. You know, I, I also see, you know, in, in a lot of neighborhoods, um, Honey Locust Square in the East End. Uh, I see Boys and Girls Club under construction in the North End. Um, there's you know, a number of development projects teed up, and the steel point is going to advance. Uh-huh. It's going gonna, it's gonna to go vertical. Um, so, I think there's a lot of construction jobs that are available. I, I don't discount what, what Wayne is saying that, you know, the the progress 
has not advanced like like some people want, but it it, it is advancing. Um, and okay. I think there's a lot, you know, Ganem has a lot to promote. There's a lot more assets, A-S-S-E-T, um, yeah. more assets this time around than he had last time. There's just more going on, including the amphitheater. Okay. Let's right. go to Linda. Linda, let me, let me let you finish your thought. You had a quick question for uh, Lenny, but what, what are your thoughts? You live in Bridgeport. What, what, yeah. what neighborhood do you live in, Linda? I live in St. Mary's by the sea. Okay. Beautiful. And we're Beautiful. right around the corner from the mayor's house that he just sold. Okay. I have run for office in Bridgeport. And we won at the polling place. But where did we lose? Absentee ballots. The mayor always seems to have uh, a machine that will generate just enough absentee ballots to flip the will of the voters. And you can't get around the fact that this has been going on for decades. The absentee ballot machine has not stopped. Um, I remember the last time I ran was just for a dumb race in March. Uh, oh, you ran for town committee. What? I ran for town committee. Yes, I did. Oh, you know, and we had a great slate. We, I had people from the Twin Towers, from, from, the, from the projects, from, we call it White Rock and Black Rock. We, we were out there knocking on doors every day, and we got our voters out. But we didn't get our absentees out because we didn't have the money to pay for them. We watched all kinds of uh, election violations. My husband, who is a physician, I made him sit in a polling place uh, to watch what was going on. Gannon comes strolling in to the polling place um, over in uh, by the Agricultural Center with a TV camera on himself on election day. The moderator says, you can't come in here. He says, I don't care. I can do anything I want. Now, tell me how, how to be an honest politician and get around that. Linda, I have a question for you. It's more important. How are you yes. feeling? Yes, you're very I know courageous. who this Linda is. This is Linda Bluestone who's yeah. been on our show. Hi, Linda. How are yeah. you feeling? How are you doing? Well, I, I'm feeling okay. I, I, I had to stop chemotherapy, the second line of chemotherapy, no longer working. So uh, I think maybe in the near future my husband are planning to go to vermont to uh, set up hospice for me well you brought because a lot of you brought a lot of positive attention to that issue linda yes uh, i change I no idea not just attention mm-hmm. change yeah. around yeah. the country but not around connecticut connecticut is still 75 percent in favor of medical aid and dying it's just we can't get it through judiciary committee you know not any way that i know but the people in Vermont were wonderful to me. The people everywhere have, people have written me from all over the world. So literally. I just want, I want to circle back, Linda, because, you know, that's, that's a very deep, important conversation. But you called with a lot of energy and heat and distress about how you felt the last election went. You basically felt like you were deprived of a win because of the absentee ballot. So Lenny Grimaldi, you're yes. a journalist in Bridgeport. Do you have any response to that? What, what's your thought? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it, all the camps play this game. It's just not. It's just not one, you know. And as I said before, if if there is any impropriety, file a complaint. You know, file a complaint <laughs> with the State Elections Enforcement Commission. See where it goes. Wayne, but, do I mean, you I think, have any I, thoughts? I think what on happens this. oftentimes. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Lenny. Uh, the people who complain about absentee ballots are the ones who lose. You know, it happens all the time. So, um, but. Uh, Every camp plays this game. It's just not one camp. It's a bunch of BS that one camp plays it. They all do it. 
I, I didn't play that game. I'm sorry. I didn't have the money. My absentee ballots on the same precincts were a handful because I got them from people who legitimately got them. They were going to be out of town or they had a job conflict or they were in the military. But the absentee ballots were 80 percent on the Ganem's on, on Ganem's. Well, I, I call it the, the party line. T- but that um, was, you were running for town committee. So you were running against the slate led by district leader Danny Roach. Yeah. was not on that ticket. But Gannon was not on that ticket. Gannon was not on the ballot. is on every ticket that wins. Gannon was not on the ballot, Linda. You're right. You're right. It, it, was, it was the whole corrupt town committee thing. But, you know, it was really interesting that Danny Roach... Um, name was just over mine on the ballot. And two days before the election, Jim Himes, the congressman, comes out and endorses only Danny Roach. You know? So how was Donna Curran able to win on your slate? She was the only one who won on your slate, right? Right. She was a Republican and she had won before. All right. But she, she ran on your slate as a Democrat. Yeah, yes, she but did. How, would she, how but did she, she manage known. to win and you didn't? It was by a handful of ballots, and you know that, like nine or ten. So how come you Donna, didn't win by a handful of ballots? Because the absentee ballots got me. So how come how come she won then? Absentees didn't beat her, right? She she, she had a fraction more name recognition because of her long residency in Bridgeport and her service in the past on the town committee uh, as a Republican. Okay, but Republicans weren't voting; Democrats voted. I know. But people change their voting registrations for primaries. Right. Duh. Duh. We went around asking people to change their their voter registration uh, for the primary. All right, Linda and Lenny, thank you very much for the call. Listen, we got a bunch of other people queued up who want to talk about Bridgeport. Stick around. We'll be right back. We're going to keep the conversation going about Bridgeport, about whatever it is you want to talk about. Uh, Linda raised the notion of absentee ballots. Wayne Winston is with us in the studio. Uh, and if you're on hold, stay on hold. We will get to you. Wayne, did you had something you wanted to respond, though, to what Lenny had said earlier. Yeah. Um, look, anyone can lose a, uh, a race. We were talking about how Joe's vulnerable. Ganim, Ra- Mayor Ganim. Ganim, sorry. Mayor Ganim is vulnerable. And that is... Job creation is, is important, and um, that affects people more than anything. Some of the de- economic development that's going on, most people in the black and brown community are feel like they're being left out, You know, which means if you're building apartments, luxury apartments, and they're $2,000 or $3,000 a month, clearly that's not for them, which goes to the Boca thing. Now, I understand who is going to be moving in, but the, also the people in that area are concerned about how much business they will do with that. Let me ask you something as a general question, because I thought this was interesting. Lenny was saying that Mayor Gannon will be able to argue that he has a lot of things happening, for sure, and that a lot of the jobs that are being created right now are construction jobs. Do you consider construction jobs to be the kind of jobs that are long-term economic growth for Bridgeport or not? Because some people do and some people don't. Absolutely. Um, Historically, and we go back to NACP, community activism and so on, um, there's many times we're out there saying, where are the black people from our community that are working at these jobs? Oh, I see. You know, so when you don't see a face from your community and they may find a couple, you know, great. 
you know, but as a whole, you're looking to empower that. There's things that are in the contracts that say you have to search locally to make sure, you know, and it could be a laborer and so on. And I, there are electricians here. There's some six, couple of successful businesses, but as a whole, they really feel left out of this. Now, this is for not just uh, Mayor Ganim. This is for all, anybody who's running. Anyone who's running, they got to understand that. Let's go to, we got a bunch of people holding at 203-333-9422, the subject today, Bridgeport. Mark from Fairfield. Hey, Mark. Hey, thanks, uh, Lisa, for taking my call. I, I, my my concern is about the lady from uh, from Success Village. I'd like to make a comment on her. Go ahead. Her, her remarks. And it was basically, I mean, she seems like a relatively smart young lady. And, and uh, I mean, $2,000 a month. You, you no, know a yourself. Year. I live, a year. Mark, a year. Was- I mean, that's, that's just ridiculous. I mean, we I pay, you know, you know what we pay in Westport and in Fairfield. It's ridiculous, our taxes, you know. But, you know, one of the things that could help uh, these uh, government fund departments or whatever is to stop letting people move into these places that have bank accounts that are loaded and they're driving Mercedes Benz. Because I do know that that stuff happens. It's not based on how much you own and what you sold your house for. It's based on your income. And that's not right. Well, how you else know, are they going to do it, it, it if not be, based on your income? You think they should look at the well, whole piece? Well, no, you should look at their bank accounts and they should look at their net worth. Okay, fair you enough. You know, their value. I mean, I mean that, that's just, re- I, I do, I know it happens in Westport, too. So, Take it, a look what, at Hales- so what you're saying is to be able to move into a highly subsidized housing development, that it should be the same conversation that you have with a banker, which is they look at the whole picture. They look at an income statement and a balance sheet. That's what they look at if they're going to uh, lend you money. That's what you're saying. People, people are always trying to, to milk the system. And, I, I mean, that woman sounds like she should, you know, she should have a couple of nickels to rub together from what I can tell. From well, we don't know that. We don't know that. I wouldn't uh, make that conclusion, uh, Mark. Trust me. I've been in business 50 years. I've seen a lot of people. I've heard a lot of people speak. And the worst ones are... The, the people that have the most money, they're crying the hardest. Uh, so. I, 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 I'm gonna, I don't think that that's true, Mark, but okay. But thank you for the call. Let's go to Vicki, who's been holding Vicki Volpa from Norwalk. Vicki, you want to talk about absentee ballots? Go ahead. Oh, hi, Lisa. Hi, Vicki. Um, yeah, yeah, from Westport, not Norwalk. Oh, I'm um, sorry, Westport. It, says, yeah. <laughs> it said Norwalk on your phone. That's why. Sorry oh, about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to make a comment about absentee ballots in general. I do not deny that there are instances of absentee ballot abuse, but overall absentee ballots are a benefit for the voting public, especially black and brown and other uh, communities that are, that are hardworking and, and uh, financially disadvantaged because the people who, are, who have multiple jobs and do, are shift workers benefit from using absentee ballots and gets them to the polls, which is in their best interest. Yeah. So you, I just want to make yeah. sure that there's no misunderstanding that absentee ballots are necessarily abused. There are isolated instances which should be addressed for sure. But throughout the state of Connecticut, there have been very few instances of proven absentee ballot abuse. Okay. Understood. Wayne, any thoughts on absentee ballots? I mean, there's, there's no question. There's no question. Uh, okay. Okay. Ah, there we go. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's no question that um, absentee ballots are important. They've always been an important tool. Um, You know, across the country, when we see people trying to change 
access to that. You know, we are very concerned about that everywhere, especially places like Georgia, Florida, and so on. So there's no question about it. Um, I think what happens in Bridgeport, a lot of people are like, there's an absentee ballot game. That's a perception, and perception is real based upon what you believe one way or the other. And some people say, hey, certain people will win just off the absentee ballots no matter what you what you um, what you do now. When you're running for office, and I've worked with some of the biggest campaigns with Senator Blumenthal, Congressman Himes, you know, even you know two governors and locally as well. I know all the candidates running. You know, most of them personally. They're and, probably going to you for support at some time well, if they haven't already. I'll say I've had a couple of conversations, <laughs> so they have their weaknesses and they have their strengths. So that's why it's for any one of them. To lose. Maryland's got a lot of name recognition. Yes, she won by popular uh, ballot. You know, people feel a certain way about their perspective of whether she could be more friendly or something, you know. So people have something because an individual vote is something that's very personal. Mm. It doesn't have to have any particular... Hey, Wayne, I have to ask you this because we're here on WICC. Have you formally gotten behind a particular candidate in the primary race? Right now, um, I am doing some background work, you know, just my homework on everything. Okay. There's a, a couple to lean towards, but I'm But gonna, you haven't publicly gonna, come out to support anyone yet? Yeah. Because when gonna you do, out. we need to know. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so I'm going to hold out. So that's why I'm okay. speaking of Lamont Daniels, who I know as well. Lamont worked for the city. Um, his um, great expertise working with, with Norwalk, with the mayor's office, great guy. Um, unfortunately, not a lot of name recognition, even though he lived here in Bridgeport. So mm-hmm. he's got to make that up. And John Gomes, yes, a lot of the, the community. We're looking forward to meeting all these people. Absolutely. Let's go to one more call, Wayne, then I'm going to let you wrap it up. Ralph from Bridgeport, you're on the air with Wayne and myself. We're talking Bridgeport today. Hi. Yes, hello, Lisa. Shalom as always. Hello, Wayne. I'll make this really quick. There was a community meeting last night. I live in the North End on Madison Avenue, two blocks away from Testo's, and it's about this 10-story, 177-unit apartment building. Yes, 10 stories. You know where Testo's is? Yes. Yeah, they're going to build it there. And the two aldermen, uh, alderwoman uh, Ms. Heron and Mr. Boyd were there. Chief Porter came later on. Uh, former P- chief of police Rebecca Garcia was there, and Chris Caruso. It's going to disrupt lives so much with traffic and noise. And there's a woman there. Her name is Dorcas White. She lives behind Tesco's oh. on the Park Avenue side. Yes, and ever since Tesco's been built, the groundwater it comes into her, because of the foundation. It like this. It made the groundwater instead of being like a bunch of little tributaries. It's like more forceful now. It's like a big, thick one. She burnt out her sump pump uh, because of the water that still comes in her basement. And Chris Caruso was really articulate, and it's an election year. And if Mayor Ganim doesn't help us on this, 10 stories. But I just want to leave you with this. You should really reach out to Chris Caruso because it's terrible how it's going to disrupt our lives. All right, I'll I'll let you go. God bless. I'm so glad that you called about this, Ralph. Thank you so much for telling us about this meeting. Chris Caruso has called into the show a number of times. He's always invited to do so to give us an education on this. Wayne, do you know, do you believe, because Lenny and I were chatting about this earlier, Lenny Grimaldi, is there anything at this point any politician do you think can do? Absolutely. It's never too late. To do something, what can they do? What can they do if the builder says we did everything right? What can they do? Oh, okay. So if we're talking specifically Mm. about where Testos is, yes. Okay, Um, I did some research on it. 
Unfortunately, it's one of those grandfather things that was changed some years back in like 2014 or something, which allowed it to be I understand. Legal. We, we now, know that they it, feel they have all the cards legally. So what about the sideways political? What about when the people are so upset? And that's what I'm getting to. There's some things that you can do that aren't. It gets to be because something's legal isn't mean doesn't mean you should do it right. It doesn't mean you should do it. And you have changing that community. That's a residential community that is basically, I think, one of the gems of the city of Bridgeport. And just turning that into a high rise, you know, with 170, 10 stories, it, you're, t- you're talking about changing the dynamic of the traffic. There's already maybe a block from there, Madison Avenue, where they all come together. But what I want to know, Wayne, and you've only got 30 seconds, and we'll talk about this some more, is are there any... Are there any strategies, tricks in somebody's hat? Mayor Ganim, I guess, is on the defensive on this, is what Ralph is saying, to make this not happen. I think he'd be the most influential. I mean, people are, can do what they do, and hopefully enough pressure from the community and some support, community support, that can change things. It usually works well. Sometimes we win. Most, excuse me, most times we win. I hope this is one of those rare times that we lose. People um, have the right to have a neighborhood like they spent money on that's a safe place and not have a skyscraper come up in the middle. Uh, we don't have anything like that just popping up in the center. So Thank I you. feel for them. You feel, feel for, for them. them. Yeah. Thank you, Wayne Winston. Thanks for joining us today. We'll be back behind the mic tomorrow. Stay tuned for Paul Paselli from 2 to 6 here on Connecticut Today. Keep it at WICC600.com. And if you missed any part of the show, we're going to own oh, the time for the parade is this Saturday. Oh, this what Saturday, time? Seaside Park. Seaside Juneteenth Park. Parade. At what time? Uh, 11 a.m. 11 a.m. And, and uh, it's Lisa ridiculous. Can't, it's Lisa can't walk because this year, I'm going to be in Florida because I thought it would be on June 19th. <laughs> it's all right. Excuse Everybody me come for on living. Out. It's free, okay? It's a great, great, great spot. You'll love Bridgeport after that if you haven't been there in a minute. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at lisa at lisawexler.com.